Edge of History, Episode 7, aptly named Point of No Return. Maybe over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Marissa Garza, and joining me on the road trip of all road trips in a van to Mexico is our co-host, the one and only Jessica Sterling. Jess, how are you? Viva la Mexico! <laughs> We've made it to Mexico! Do we think Benvenido a casa! <laughs> Very good. Well done. Thank you. Uh, do we think that van actually could have made it to Mexico? It, it's <laughs> iffy. Like, I don't know. They're driving from Louisiana. I mean, I don't know how far away it's true. it all is, but like, woof, Oren's van is not looking great. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, The curtains also gave it just like an extra special touch for a road trip. Yeah. It's like they really were like trying to get the vibes of the mystery van. Is that what it's yeah, called? It's, yeah. Do we do? Yeah. Really feels like that's what they were going for here. But they couldn't cross any like intellectual property lines. Of course not. Of course <laughs> not. No. Although Orin gives me shaggy vibes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. Before we get into it, just a quick reminder for everyone, we are in episode seven of a 10 episode series. So if you're just joining us now and want to find out our thoughts on everything up until now, you yeah. can uh, head to our very own National Treasure feed. The map is laid out for you at posturecaps.com slash National Treasure, or just search National Treasure Posture Recaps wherever you're catching your podcast these days. We're not that hard to find. You don't have to do any math. You don't have to, let, first of all, like any treasure hunting for me, if there's math, gone, done. No, I'm not into <laughs> that. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Very easy to find us. Not a puzzle. Doesn't like it doesn't require you to have like a perfect brain yeah like a hasita does so yeah we did get some feedback ish from last episode to now henry lee reached out to us on twitter and shared a video of warren also known as antonio cipriano the actor who can sing why isn't he liam (laughs) what are we doing friends what are we actually doing yeah he sings uh better than liam in my opinion i know i know and yet liam is like supposedly the heartthrob uh question mark um yeah no i'm with you like come on let the guy let the man sing a little bit at least yeah thanks for passing it uh passing that our way henry it was kind of fun to see what other talents antonio Mm. Briano has um and maybe one day we'll see him in some sort of musical adaptation could be Will there be a National Treasure the musical? Uh, do we don't need that? Know. No, no, we don't need that. If it, if we do have it, it's gonna be like the one in Hawkeye from Marvel. The oh, I could do this all day. It was one. like a yes, it was like a joke yes. one. Yeah. yeah, if we get one, it's gonna be like that. All right. Without further ado, let us jump into the recap here. Like I mentioned before, this t- episode is titled "Point of No Return." I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I, I suppose, right, that's Mexico, like, you know. You, gotta, like, you can't go back. Back now. Um, Sure. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, we start off the episode at the good old FBI building where there's a recording of Jess's voice. This is that the tea that Peter Sandusky is drinking has poison it. And he replies, then the secret dies with me and then dies apparently um and this is enough to uh, get an arrest warrant out for jess in yeah. the murder of peter sandusky yeah um so we we find out later this whole like it's like a deep fake mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah um this is the thing again i feel like it's super obvious that this one guy agent henderson i think right is that his name is bad guy uh the guy basically who messed up the whole uh stolen declaration of independence situation in the movies he is the bad guy i feel like it's never been more obvious to me than it is now oh yeah throughout this whole entire episode he's completely manipulating agent ross's like insecurity that hasn't really been stated by her very much just by people around her it's everyone's like oh we know you're new yeah it's fine yeah Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you messed up that one time but mm-hmm. i believe in you like you can do this you can just follow directions and not have any creative or interesting independent thoughts of your own uh one of those yeah. type of things 
so then we head to the aforementioned van and Tasha again, Tasha gets the best friend of the year award in she's simply the best everything. Yes, she is. She wants to go and she wants Orin to go, but she wants Jess to stay behind. And Jess is like, you can't go because you don't know Spanish. And I was sitting here going, of all of the things <laughs> to like yeah. Hold them back. You don't know Spanish when Tasha could probably program something or they could at least be on the phone or everyone has Google Translate. Yeah, like it would could work out, but yeah. All right, I get it. That's the Uh reason she can't go. The reason this is so dangerous for Jess is if she leaves the country, she won't be able to come back unless she applies for something that's called advanced parole, to which Orin did a really good job of telling the audience how ridiculous this policy is and the fact that it's called parole and it takes like months to get approved. Yeah. I, I did like, again, like I feel like something that the show had very much going for it in the beginning was them talking about Jess having DACA and kind of all of that. And I do appreciate that they're emphasizing the importance of that in terms of, if she leaves the U.S., she cannot come back. Yeah. Um, and just how heavy that is and how it's much more serious for her to leave the country than it would be for any other character of a regular show to just leave the country. Yeah, like, this is like national treasure and then some. Exactly. national burden. <laughs> exactly. So I did, I did appreciate that. And I do think the show is doing like, I think it could explore it more, obviously, but it's doing a decent job at least of trying to, given that I'm assuming the show has a younger audience of explaining exactly what's going on and why it's so important um, that, or why it's so significant that she is leaving the United States. Yes. Agreed. Uh, Jess is very determined to not let Salazar stop because remember they're going to Mexico to talk to Salazar who's in jail. Of course. And so uh, Jess is not going to let Salazar stop her from proving her mom was right. And Tasha's like, that's cool, but how are you going to do this? So this is where Jess comes up with the idea of making an alliance with Salazar because if, um, you know, to help her get answers to get to the cube. And if um, when they get to the apartment, the FBI is there. And this I thought was funny. Just a, like automatically it's just like they must have a search warrant. In my mind, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I I felt very similarly. I'm like, um, I mean, I guess given that she really wants to work for the I FBI, I suppose it makes sense that she like trusts and believes. But as someone who is like, again, has DACA, like I just feel like she'd be a little bit more um uh questioning a little bit more critical i could um, also see like uh oh my gosh they found us type of reaction or found me or i must something like some not that people in daca are hiding but like there's always some sort of like papers paperwork mix up that can get blamed for something or, or something like that so i thought that would be her reason but uh tasha does the the work to find out that there is the warrant out for her arrest which is yeah a little bit different yeah yeah so um yeah this is very interesting and then of course we're in the police station yes. with uh davy crockett being arrested and the lady in the lobby who's just like he would never call okay. himself davy i have um, to say i was like <laughs> oh no that's me because you're like oh i'm the oh actually i am the oh actually especially like when it comes to abraham lincoln and people are like abe lincoln i'm like he hated abe like i know him yeah i I know yeah yeah Yeah. uh but yeah david david crockett david crockett david crockett he hated being referred to as davy he wouldn't dignify that with a response. This lady is just so serious that I would be the one to be like, see, you would be the one who's like, yeah, she's actually right, though. He wouldn't. He wouldn't go by Davy. And meanwhile, I'd be like, I'm Davy Crockett, just to annoy her because she's like such a know-it-all. Yeah, she really is. Well, and the thing that was interesting to me about this whole scene is they're just like, okay, people get arrested and they go into a holding cell in most places here they're just like hanging out in the lobby they're allowed to just chill this is very low-key arrest we're not worried that anyone's gonna cause a commotion or leave we don't care if they're just allowed to chill in the lobby listen you can just hang out it's like when you're put in timeout as a kid yeah you just hang out it's fine 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how uh, it works for most people. Apparently this is exactly how well, being arrested works. I will say most of the people who are arrested in this show, it worked out. Yeah. For them. Yeah. This was very silly because then immediately Billy, uh, her social game is on point. Cause she immediately yeah. is just like, you're right. And also your outfit. So on point. So good. So good. And this like gets the know-it-all lady who I don't think we ever got her name, but she's like, I don't oh. remember her name. If they did say it, they're like, Oh, well, if you complimented my outfit, I will just tell you everything I know about the Alamo. Like, unless you're interested in the truth of the real Alamo. What? Yeah, let me tell you all my fun Alamo facts. Um, and, like, it was it was a little ham-fisted how, like, quickly Billy Billy just happens to run into someone who just happens yeah. to know that there's a real Alamo in Mexico. Like, it's all a little too cute for me. Um, but, you know. We're in episode seven. We're almost there. They're just moving us along. At this point, I'm really like, okay, but this could have been eight episodes. Like, there's absolutely zero reason it has to be ten. They're really stretching stuff out here. Which is why for the first five episodes, I totally thought it was eight episodes. No, you're right. It just, it feels like, because by the end of this episode, it feels like the next episode should be the finale. It does, because they've yeah. kind of gotten us up to, like, somewhat of a climax here by the end of it. Yep. Uh, so back at the bar, Miles, remember that being Peter Sandusky's nurse slash the bad guy with the U- USB drive who dropped it yes. off at the FBI, is talking to Casey, who works for Billy, and he's like, I did what I was told. And she's like, cool, I'll pay you in Bitcoin. And he, But he declines the payment. So this is our first look at, like, hey, Miles might be turning here yeah miles was like i didn't think billy was that bad until she you know was gonna murder someone and then i decided that was just a bridge too far um yeah uh i mean whatever i I guess we needed someone to turn on billy in order for things to turn around so this is fine by me yeah um yeah miles yeah that works Mm mm-hmm so after they had gone to the apartment to see that there's a search warrant and arrest warrant and all that stuff, they the group heads back to Ethan's place, which, of course, everyone has keys to everyone's apartments and all that of stuff. Of course. So they're there. They start packing up. Ethan walks in and Ethan really needs to talk to Jess. And Jess goes, she really needs to talk to you, too. This is so much. It's just too much. They make it feel like these relationships are so dramatic when they really aren't. Yeah. Um, Like, it feels like they're, like, trying to do a Gossip Girl or, like, trying to do a Dawson's Creek when I'm like, there actually is no relationship drama, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oren is ready to go with a bunch of boxes underneath his bed, which I thought was, like, Oren continues to surprise me because... Yeah. Like, this is totally unexpected from Oren. Not only that he sold a bunch of his sneakers to be able to like get these go boxes ready but like he has he has one for like hurricanes he has one for like tornadoes and i'm like isn't there just one box for that and why is it a box and not like a go bag like i've heard of i don't live in a climate where you need a go bag like uh the worst thing that's gonna happen is like a whole mess of snow just falls on you um i guess you could occasionally have like a hurricane but it would it would take a lot um but like, isn't it a go bag? Isn't it? I thing? would at least for the hurricane want some sort of plastic or a tub, like a. a oh, like, see, no. I thought this was like a. Wasn't this like a thing where it's like if I have to evacuate? Very yes. Quickly, yeah. I yes. To, yes. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I think Oren thinks that he's so smart, no one will notice all of these shoe boxes underneath my. It's fair. He does have a lot of shoe boxes, and. Uh, I feel like Tasha especially was very impressed because he had a box that had a ton of cash in it. And it was, let me just tell you, Marissa, a little sketchy to me how it was rolled up like they do drug money. (laughs) And like, why does it look like you have drugs? Like, I've watched a little bit too much Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. I was going to say, what is your reference for drug money? (laughs) Drug money to me is when it's circled up in a circle like that. If uh-huh. it's just normal money, it's just like in a pile or like folded and clipped. I will say as a former bank teller, I never gave money to people like that. 
in that, like in a wad, Circled? a rolled up wad. Yes. Yeah, it's very sketchy. Yeah, it feels very drug money to me. But you know what, Orin, whatever you do in your free time is fine. Um, and he also has burner phones. And I think this is the key to Tasha's heart is the burner phone. Yes, yes. She it's, she is all about that, like the bag that you can zip it and then no one can trace your phones. Thing. Yeah. She's into it. And I feel like she's like, oh, Orin, you're so dreamy with your burner phones. Because yeah, he goes to her. Yeah, I listen sometimes. Like, And he does. The yeah. chocolate and the peanut butter is one example. Yes. And now this is the second example. And I got to be honest, Orin. You're impressing me, bud. Uh, are they going to be married by the end of the show? <laughs> oh, I hope not. They're going to be together. I don't think they'll be married. The next like three episodes are just them aging progressively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a good good Orin scene though. We get to see some bright spots of Orin. Agreed. Uh, Ethan is taking this time to tell Jess what really happened with Liam because remember they found. He found him at the hospital, all beat up last time, uh, due to his stellar detective work of following the garbage. And um, they are talking about like how the FBI fell for Billy's tactics. I'm surprised because the way that Jess is acting here, it's like she hadn't already sussed out. Like, I guess the way she thought was that Billy was trying to manipulate her, but she wasn't lying about Liam and it took Ethan saying to her that Liam wasn't against you for her to realize it. I was like, really just, I thought you were smarter than that. I thought you would have realized Billy was lying about Liam the whole time and kind of been, I don't know, worried for him. Um, But yeah, it's a little strange to me that it took Ethan telling her for it to kind of, you know, and it's just like, he could have died. It's like, like, he almost did die. Yeah. He, yeah, you are correct. He almost could have. Uh, back at the police station, Billy is getting the 411 about the Alamo from Alamo Lady. Mm-hmm. There is no other well, but Al- we did learn that Alamo is the name of poplar trees. I did not know that in Spanish. Did not know uh, that either. Which is why the Alamo is named the Alamo because it's surrounded by pop- poplar trees and the- it was named this way by Spanish soldiers who na- who also named the Alamo after their hometown, Alamo. Right. If you are playing along, I have said Alamo like 800 times already. It gets brought up a lot. And <laughs> Billy is just like having the time of her life. Like, Talk yes, about it all day. Feed me the information. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back at Ethan's, uh, Ethan is okay with just going on this trip because original, like, Ethan's been super protective of Jess in her DACA status. Annoyingly so. Yeah. Throughout the entire series. And so he's like, it's okay. After everything we've been through, it's crazy to say that this is crazy. I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was honestly surprised that Ethan immediately wasn't like, I'm going with you. Like, because I we all knew he was going to end up in Mexico with the rest of the group. Yeah. So I was a little surprised. But Jess is like, no, you have to go tell like Liam all this stuff, whatever, whatever. Uh, he says, uh, we'll get you lawyered up and clear your name. And then they do the pinky swear thing. And the way they do the camera work in this scene, you think they're going to kiss about a half a dozen times. It was um, like the most intense and intimate uh, pinky swear. And then it was like a kiss on the cheek that made Ethan sigh. <sighs> Honestly, it's <laughs> I can't tell if I'm just like old and heartless or like cruel or like I maybe I really just think I'm old where I'm like, all right, kids, like, let's move it along. Like get together. Don't get together. Yeah, No one has time I, for this. I don't particularly care, but like, let's just make it snappy. Would you please? Well, for me, I'm like, I don't know. Hugs and kisses in like Mexican, cult. like you just kiss each other. Goodbye. You just like say like, Bye, it's she- very quick yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but the way they shot it it was just like so, over so the top. dramatic yeah but uh you know ethan's still got the feels obviously mm-hmm. through that entire scene back at the fbi agent ross is going through just the stuff that they took from the apartment and finds the note that says beware salazar and <laughs> ethan goes to the fbi why Wild. why he needed to do this Bro. i don't know lawyer up what are you doing like i just feel like if you're trying to clear jess's name probably the last thing you should be doing is like actively speaking to the fbi without a lawyer present 
like no one should ever talk to the FBI without a lawyer present. Step Especially one. when it Step involves two. someone with DACA. Like you could inadvertently say something that totally screws her over. And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I guess all's well that ends well in terms of like them figuring out it's a deep fake. But like the whole, let me tell you. Okay. We got to talk oh. about the justification here. Yeah. Very much cracks me up. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> British people only use further instead of farther. Dep- now, yeah, we are a further farther. We are a further like farther group of people yes. in the United States. Uh, yes. For those of you who didn't take grammar recently, which like most people, maybe most people probably don't care. They use them interchangeably. Further is for like an immeasurable distance. Whereas farther is for a measurable distance. Like it is farther for me to travel to ShopRite than it is to Price Shopper. Yeah. Versus like, oh, um, that date is further away. Yeah. Um, or it's further from my mind or exactly something like that. Now, apparently the British people only use further. They do not use farther. And so uh, I think <laughs> in the recording of the deep fake, uh, right. Jess in quotes is saying like um she says for she says further when she should say farther and here's the thing though this is where i will poke a hole in like a wide gaping hole in this logic is not all americans know the difference between further and farther in fact it is a very very common thing to screw up and so the fact that like he's pointing to this as a reason that this is a deep fake is so silly um especially because he's like ahaha but british people don't say farther and i'm like a how do you even know that um now i will say i did converse with ooh, a british push correspondent ooh, thank you i messaged my and your friend Stuart. Yes, Stuart. He is hey. British. Yeah. He, he knows how the Brits think. I asked him, do you, you, I asked him like an example. What would you, I said, uh, it is farther for me to go. It is blank for me to go here to here, whatever. And I said, what word would you use further or farther? And he uh-huh. says, I would just use further. And I was like, ah, okay. So while what Ethan is saying is correct, at least for my one British correspondent. Hey, you did the research. I d- I tried, right? I tried. <laughs> Um, I still think this is such a BS excuse. But, you know, our ACT scores and our SAT scores should be used as justification as to whether we would use further or farther in our everyday language. Like, that was his thing. He's like, just got, like, a perfect score on our English oh my God. SAT. Like, and I'm like... What does that matter? What? Like, especially if you're... I feel like if also if you're just in, like, a casual conversation, you're more likely to to not use proper grammar all the time. Like if you're writing an essay, that's one thing. If you're just having a casual conversation, you're probably not focusing on your grammar all that much. Or you're good Um, at tests. Yeah. But this is like, this is Ethan's way of being like, it has to be Billy. She is British. Which we're like, she's British. (laughs) I couldn't even figure out what her accent was. And I think it was like, I think it's more that she like maybe grew up there or something, or at least had some schooling there. But I was like, um, I did not know that she was British, but sure. Okay, great. Just just another thing I will accept. Yep. Uh-huh. I was just so annoyed about this theory. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, and the fact that Agent Ross is like, oh, 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 right. I'm like, really, lady? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here at the FBI? But her confidence has been like whittled away I by know. Her, that Poor guy. Agent Ross. So she's gotta like get in there and grab whatever's coming her way. She's trying. She um, is trying. Can uh sidebar. Why is it always dark at the FBI? Like I was like, because <laughs> they have to keep it like a blue toned because they're the cops, I think. So they're like blues and grays oh. only, please. I wonder if this is like a thing that like Hollywood in quotes has worked out with the cops in quotes. Like there's Could like be. an agreement because it's like everywhere, everything everywhere. has, to be, blue it has and gray. to be dark. Yeah, it's dark. Anyway, after the uh, grammar alibi, um. Billy was identified from the USS Kid footage, so this puts Agent yes. Ross Blake hot on her hot on her trail. Uh, back, Liam has returned home and he has hobbled into the clue room and finds an earpod that apparently is Jess's. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like, again. Oh my God, Jess! It's, oh. like, what? it's not even an identifying thing. It's a freaking earpod like what are you talking okay whatever you know what whatever well and that's the thing that gets you to go look for jess yeah (laughs) truly 
Exactly. Why weren't you scared for her before? You know what they did to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So back at the police station, as we mentioned before, Agent Ross is like hot on Billy's tail and she is there when Billy gets released. And Billy says that, like, gives this whole story that, like, Jess approached Billy for some business advice and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But she ends the whole story saying, uh, I do hope your next lead doesn't take you further away from home. Because two, two people have never both messed up further and farther. Like, that is, no two people in the world have done that. I mean, are you going to mess it up after watching this? Is this their, is this their MO to make sure that they write oh, the wrongs this is, of further it's, and farther? It's one of those, like, secret educational shows that you didn't realize when you were a kid was educational, yes. but now you realize it is. Yes. That's what this is. Yes. Uh, the van makes it through the border. I thought it was pretty intense, but could have been more tense. I don't know. She just like it was a little um lackluster. It was just like because the guy says uh, "Benvenida a casa," and first of all, even a human being who has never taken a lick of Spanish in their entire lives, yes, Jeff. knows what "casa" means. Hello, <laughs> me or casa didn't. or didn't. Casa. Like, mi casa, su casa. Have you never heard of that before? And then, on the sign in front of them, does it not say, Benvenido, Mexico? And it also says, welcome. Oren, my friend. Not his brightest moment. We gave you credit for the shoebox and the go boxes. (laughs) Tell me you know what Benvenido a casa means. Like, it's it's not hard. It's the easiest Spanish ever. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, Ugh. he was so concerned. He couldn't he couldn't pay attention. He was so concerned that he had to ask Jazz. He just didn't know. Was there like any malice? Like, I don't know. Was it a little weird the way the guy said Benvenido a casa? Like, cause doesn't it say it does it say on her documentation that she's DACA? Like I'm just I'm I'm I like think so. Yeah. I so think- it's just, it's a little weird though, right? That he's I don't well, know. I Maybe I'm reading too knows, much into it. No, I think I read it as a like you're home now, you can't go back. Okay, that's how I read it too. And I was like, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this random guy who doesn't even matter. Um, yeah. but that's exactly how I read it. And she she seemed to take it as as that way as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, like they both yeah. knew what was going on there. Which again, I like the emphasis on this as it being very important that she's leaving the US, but uh, we don't need Oren not knowing what Benvenido a casa means. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we could have we could have done that scene differently. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Liam, after finding the earpod, heads over to the bar. <laughs> Just is ready for it. She's ready the for phone. that. He okay. First of all, he mad walks over. He's, He's like stopping. anger, like anger walking. Yeah, mad, and mad, everyone's mad. staring at him, which I I got right away. I'm like, why is everyone looking at Liam? Like, all right, weird. Yeah, and he like stomps on over to this call, this phone, which is let's be real, out in the open. It is in not hallway, behind like any to the door. bathroom, like in the hallway to the bathroom. It's essentially a payphone that you don't have to pay for. Yeah, like you could make any call you wanted. All of the employees' numbers are just on a wall in this bar. Okay. If this was, I go even as far back as like 1997. Like oh, this doesn't have you. to be like super old, but like I, mean, I guess 1997 is super. 1997 no, was only like, ten years ago. Even I don't the know what early aughts, like maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe. But you cannot just put your employees' phone numbers up oh. on a wall in a bar. And first of all, there wouldn't be a phone. No, there wouldn't open. be a phone. Certainly not on the outside wall like if there is a phone it's cordless and it's like in the back office yes yes. yeah watch the bear bear. yeah it's absolutely (laughs) wild he's like he's dialing her phone number and he like gets her voicemail he just need i just need to know you're okay you're okay then like the boss guy comes out of nowhere and it's like spooky like stocky like intimidating standing around the corner being weird yeah and um he lets Liam know that Justice missed the last four shifts and Ethan has come by, but everyone at the bar is there to see him play because this of the so viral stupid. video that happened at Graceland. This is the dumbest. Okay. This show does dumb things fairly often. 
the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> he's like, listen, not only are you viral, but people know that you used to play here or something. They found you. Yeah. And they want to see you play. Not only that, but I will pay you $1,000 in cash. In cash. For a single song. I'm sorry. How much money is this bar making? Like, this is insanity. Well, this makes no sense. There's like 15 people in the bar. It's not like there's, it's like. It's not a full on crowd. No, yeah. this makes no sense. There's no way this guy is making $1,000 off of this one appearance from Liam. <sighs> I truly couldn't. It didn't make any sense. So he's just like, he goes up to play his songs yes. and he's, and he does the whole, like, he starts singing. He goes, oh, wait. No, wait, wait he starts no. with his like oh the people want to hear uh suspicious minds i'm gonna play suspicious minds and he's like yeah you know what i can't i wrote a song well you can just hear about it in the song <laughs> oh yeah and so he starts of course like singing a song about jess can i and... just, i could not with the cutaways in this situation no it totally brought me out of it because like miles is there and they make eye contact and so this is when liam has all these like flashes to the attack um and it's like very confusing especially because Mm -hmm. miles and the woman who actually beat up liam have very similar hairstyles so and with the way that they were cutting the scenes i was very confused as to who the heck i was even looking at in the flashbacks I couldn't tell if it was Miles or if it was the the uh, Billy's partner lady, um, uh, Casey. Casey, thank you. Um, but yeah, so this is Liam leaves, and he's like, and like Miles is like, meet me in the, meet me in the alley. <laughs> what says that to somebody? Literally, never. <laughs> Would you ever go back with someone in an alley if they said meet me that in the alley? Especially if I was having these like uh, flashback episodes oh of like him beating me up. No, no, thank you. Or meet I, I bring a buddy. Alley. Uh this yes, this is where we find out that Miles' involvement wasn't as sinister as uh we had thought. He is he was the one who had pulled Liam out of the river. Which this makes more sense, although I still maintain that Casey should have confirmed that um that liam was even dead before dumping his body in a river um but i'm also like where was miles like was he just standing close by (laughs) why was he there was he there well and okay if this was the moment that caused miles to like change his mind and to turn like killing someone is going too far why would he then go through with sending the file to the fbi again um yeah we're looking at it far too closely the show does not (laughs) want us to look this closely at it but it truly doesn't make sense i don't know why miles was there in the first place i don't know why casey didn't completely kill liam in the first place i don't know why miles handed over the this the flash drive went after the, all of this um but regardless miles feels bad and he's like i want to help you so here's yeah. your phone um it fell out of your pocket by the way it did not get submerged in the water so you're all good there you don't need the rice no you're rice fine. you just need a charger um, because you need a charger I because i didn't one. i didn't have one which i'm like you don't even need to say that and also everyone's phones are dead in this show no one has a phone charger ever literally ever no one has a portable brick no one has a cord no phone chargers to be had on this show i mean except for tasha tasha does like i have to believe tasha Tasha is a because tasha is a professional tasha is like the main redeemable person on this show is tasha because she excels at everything she has excellent eyeliner game she does yeah ridiculous All right, shall we go to Mexico, Jess? Let's please. Viva a la Mexico, baby. <laughs> this is my second podcast trip to Mexico. I'm very excited. Anywho, so we go to Mexico. They find out that the visiting hours at the jail are from 10 to 2. So they have, you know, time to waste there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, she, They're at this market and they hear the song that her mom used to play. Again, this lullaby, the mom song keeps coming yeah. up. It's play all the time. Uh, and then... Jess goes to try to find an outfit to wear when she goes to visit the prison and she asks if this woman has a blouse and she asks in Spanish and I have to say I appreciated this moment because the woman replies I can speak in English if that's more comfortable for you and um, everyone's kind of confused by this but Jess is like no I'm too Mexican for for America and too American for Mexico and I think a lot of people find themselves in that in that in-between 
again, I think that the little character moments they hit occasionally on this show are really good when they hit them. Like the DACA stuff, this, this feels like a, a, like a, a story that isn't always shown. And so I appreciated this where she's saying like, because Oren says, oh, your Spanish sounds like really, really good to right. me. And she's like, yeah, well, you don't speak one. You don't speak Spanish. And like her version is probably has an American, like an American accent, if you will. Yep on her spanish and so anybody who is uh who lives and speaks spanish all day every day is going to recognize that and i loved that character detail i thought it was brilliant and i also thought it colored the way jess feels um Mm -hmm. i feel like first of all uh at this point at least (laughs) she she is an orphan um she has no parents left Mm -hmm. and she feels very alone besides she has her friends but like she is alone and, and with her culture with a lot of things and I feel like that colors a lot of who she is as a person and informs us, uh, informs about a lot about of who she is at a very core level. Um, and that she doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere. She kind of yeah. does feel displaced a lot of the time. And I, I don't know. I, and you could probably speak to it even better like, in terms of this lane, like uh, coming, having a, um, a Spanish background mm. and being able to speak to that. But like, I felt like this was like a story that probably a lot of people could connect with yeah i was clapping uh i had a pause of course to take notes so i took the moment to clap (laughs) pause clap 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 clap, clap, clap. clap. uh because you know i am you can't see me on the podcast but i am a white passing half mexican polish person and I, i somehow picked up a native accent so whenever i try to speak spanish people think i know what i'm saying don't really know what i'm saying because (laughs) i don't know the the language that well but my sister doesn't have a native accent she went to spain she knows a lot more spanish than i do and so when she speaks people don't think that she knows what she's saying but she actually knows what she's saying so we live in this world and also the um language is such a barrier when it comes to being included in any activity whether whatever language that is so a lot of us in who are uh, children of immigrants i think this goes beyond being mexican like you just find yourself in this in-between space because you're not part of the old world the old ways you're not necessarily part of this new world and I can speak for myself I have a longing to know that part of my myself that part of my culture and things like that but there are some barriers in me getting in touch with that so I'm not gonna lie if there was a treasure that I had to go and find I would probably pick up that thread and run with it all the way back to Mexico yeah I just think it's like it is really it's a such a great storyline that does transcend this character and really does like relate to a lot of people like I know I'm trying to think there's like a show or there's something where it's like um a lot of times where if there's like a black person who grows up in like a very white community then they they feel very you know they feel displaced like oh I can't I'm not white enough to be with the white people but I don't uh you know have a left of my black culture to be in the black community and this feels like again like you said it really is across all different types of people that you could feel this way and it really did make me like connect with Jess on a much deeper level than I had before where I'm like gosh this poor girl like she really is displaced in more ways than one um and especially knowing that she isn't even technically like a U.S. citizen as well um and like I don't know. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine like her going to Mexico and her, she probably is thinking like, oh, I'm going to feel at home here given my background and my culture and then feeling um, like you don't belong and knowing you don't belong in America either because you're not a citizen there either. Yeah. That's why the choice of Bienvenida Casa at the beginning is such a, like, such a kind of like a throwaway thing but it also is like but she's like in but she's at the border in between two different places that she could call home like yeah and she doesn't neither one of them feel like home to her yeah so i and thought that was interesting i i, I did like this is what this is it's like just a small small yeah. scene but it was really good and i wish the show did more of this type of stuff because i yes. do think like they're really obsessed with the whole treasure huntery aspect of the show. Um, but I, I, I always tend to lean character first. You know, yeah. you got to make me want to follow your characters wherever they go to the ends of the earth. Um, and I, I do like Jess. I just um, I'm liking her a bit more rounded out, you know, as we, yes. as we go on. Yes. Agreed. Uh, well, they have to decide to <laughs> this is like they look for a hotel. They find a hotel. 
bing, boom. Yeah. And then uh, Ethan shows. Ethan finally shows up, as we knew he would, and he's like, "We all would be safer together." He plays like this weird dad, older brother, weird. I don't. I don't vibe. understand. I don't get what it is. No, I don't get why he's here. Like in general, not just <laughs> in Mexico. Um, I just, I don't. He's not doing anything for me. No, no. Yeah. I got the FBI agent Ross's leg on this new grammar alibi thread yeah. <laughs> and so she's like telling she's telling agent henderson about this and this is where he really leans into the manipulation of her and um using her past mistakes against her to say like hey i know you think it's a treasure hunt but you know you can do this you can make the arrest you can go to you Come know on. just follow the follow the clues they're all there um i did not appreciate that like, no we all know he's a bad guy yeah yeah. Back in Mexico, Tasha found the recording of the deep fake. And this is where Jess comes up with her larger plan to use Billy as a threat with Salazar because she's like, Billy will kill Salazar when she finds out where he is. So that's going to make Salazar want to give me the location of the box to keep himself hidden. Because sure. if you don't tell me where the box is, I'm going to tell Billy where you are. Right. So that's the plan. It's an okay yeah. plan. And so plan. now they're going to get back down to their disguise kits and they got to get ready. <laughs> um, and so we have Jess dressed up like a reporter. They put glasses on her. Okay, great. We see frizzy gray haired man in the yes. parking lot. And I was like, honestly, through the past few episodes, I'm thinking this is Jess's dad. 100%. The only thing that gave me pause was when he like had tackled her um, because I was like, I mean, would he not recognize her? But I was still on very much on the train of, okay, this is her dad following her around. Um, turns out, not so much. Probably Salazar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when that happened, then I was like, oh, it's Salazar. Mm-hmm. Salazar has not had a visitor in 20 years. Uh, and Jess is like, Jess is not good at lying. <laughs> immediately, immediately gives up. Like, she is the worst at lying. She says, actually, Salazar killed my dad, and I'm here to get answers. Okay. And the guy is like, sure, yeah, come yeah. on in. Okay. Like, I'll let you, but, you know, most people come here for answers are disappointed, but sure, fine. I'll let you go see one of the most dangerous people in our jail. Cool. Bye. Yeah. So weird. Um, And uh, the next scene we get is honestly the moment that we saw him sit down. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. It's going to be her dad. <laughs> like, I kind of saw this coming yeah. as soon as we were in the scene. Uh, yeah, turns out uh, this is not Salazar. This is Rafael. No, it's Rafael. And he greets her, like, sees the medallion and then calls her Hesita again. Okay, just a little sidebar. When I was learning Spanish in real school, like, <laughs> real school. In high real school, school, not fake school. Not fake school in real school. <laughs> um, there was, like, this whole series called La Catrina. And it's, like, about this girl named Jamie. But all everyone would call her Jaime because spanish right. so anytime yeah yep. anytime and she would go no me almost jamie and so like anytime like there's hasita i'm like no me almost just anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah he immediately knows who she is because of the necklace yes um and he says it's me like it's your dad and she of course like why would you believe this guy yeah and then he goes on to explain like no, I had to pretend to be Salazar to protect you because, like, I survived the fire and just right. Like, and the, he yeah, proves it by singing yeah. like the song that they talked about earlier in the show. Like, two lines of the song. That's like, it. That's yeah. But that's, that's enough to prove it. <laughs> and uh, of course, he asks the awkward question of "Where's your mom? Oh, yeah. she died." Um, and he says he was he was really just trying to protect. I'm trying to protect you and your mom this whole time. Uh, that's why, because he basically uh, lied about being, or they thought he was Salazar when he right. went into a bank um, because they thought he was going to rob it. He wasn't trying to do that, but he did this all to protect them. Yes. Yeah. And he had thought that Jess's mom had come around on this whole thing. Right. But it wasn't that. It no, was she her, says. That was yeah. the impetus of this. Absolutely not. Mom said you were like a scoundrel and whatever, whatever. Um, and so Jess is like pissed, like she's not expecting this. And I don't, I think that she just wasn't, (laughs) I think in her mind, she's like, wow, mom was right about you. I think she, with her dad not being around, she was able to form a picture of maybe who he really was. 
um, and paint him in a little bit of a prettier light um, than it turns out he was worthy of. Um, and so he says, yeah, so he, he says this line, which we end up dissecting later. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here? Um, go to the place where the first queen of Spain met with St. Jerome oh. and passed notes. Yeah, because he's like, D- listen, I went to the bank. I went to the bank in Mexico. The daughters moved it, but I've had 20 years to figure this out. Here's the clue. I can't Here's tell the- you because yeah. people are listening. Go to the place where the first queen of Spain and St. Jerome and pass notes. Oh, okay. Just like, yeah. whatever. I'm done. Yeah. I'm She's out. leaving. Uh, and he says, uh, you're just like me. You can't yeah, leave I- the treasure. You're just like me. Finish um, which, what like- you start. Finish what you start. Yeah. Um, and so Jess is like really upset about all of this. Uh, she's like, Billy can just have the treasure. Yep. Um, like this is, uh, this is terrible. And she, she says this line, which again, like I, as much as this episode is like very ridiculous and very silly. Um, there are moments where I feel like they do a good job of like really digging deep into Jess's character and to ha- like how she ticks. Right. Yeah. This is like straight out of the, immigrant children's therapy session (laughs) 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 uh no matter what i accomplish there's always this weight on my chest asking me if what if i'm living up to what my mom sacrificed for me the treasure finally uh with the treasure i finally felt like i was honoring everything she gave up and there's a lot of like it's like Growing up, at least from my my perspective, the story of my family coming to America is like a like a like a fairy tale, like a tell like a it's a story that we tell over and over and over again, and it's something yeah. that continuously comes up with like, well, I can't do that. Well, you know, Grandma did this oh, and Grandpa did that, much, yeah. yeah. And so, or like classically in my family is like, well, your father used to go to the, to the store without any shoes on when he was three, and I'm like. What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, but okay. Very, uh, oh my, my! Your great, great, great yes. grandfather came over with nothing but ten dollars yes. in his pocket and a dream in his heart. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Completely ignoring how society has changed, and if someone came with ten dollars, it's uh, now is a lot different. If somebody comes with ten dollars back yeah. then, however, uh, th- there is this like we came here for you responsibility put on the next right, generation. Like, isn't it called the dreamers? Isn't that like a a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like this thing. So I totally get where she's coming from is like, I was A plus in school. You know, I did well in school. I got myself a job. I'm taking care of myself after my mom died. Nothing I do everywhere I turn is not enough. And so she finally latches on to this treasure thing. And then she finds out that her dad was alive the whole time. And it kind of throws her for a a loop. Well, and I think a lot of it too is like... um, she's like oh i'm the whole time she's thinking i'm gonna save my mom's legacy like i'm gonna show that she was right i'm gonna honor her in this way yeah and then when she finds her father i think she's faced with a more realistic interpretation which is well maybe she was doing it to honor her mom's legacy it's also built in her dna to be like a treasure hunter and be unable to give it up and i think she's uh, getting a little bit of a look in the mirror when she sees her father of wow I'm a lot more like him than I thought I was I'm not as much like my mom and maybe I am someone my mom wouldn't have liked that much right now um, yes. maybe I'm doing her a disservice by doing this and and on top of that Marissa I think it's especially important that she has now left the United States yes. um, and so she is no longer uh, allowed back in which is something that her mother wanted for her was to right. be in the United States so, right yeah she gave this up she gave up what her mom gave uh, like did for, for her, her. Yeah. for this and it, it and for what is kind of what she's, she's yeah thinking and so she's point. struggling with all this and I think it's it's also very difficult for her because there's no one really around her who understands that either um I don't know that any of her friends really can relate in that specific way I mean Ethan's like he comes over and he's like you were born to do this and that's like and, all... and that was apparently enough though for her yeah. to be like yeah I am Uh, let's do this and so they're trying to figure out like what is this clue like okay um like intersection um okay um there's there's some kind of like crossing okay no wait uh what it's like what about an uh what is that an intersection in mexico city oh wait there's a convent and so then they're like oh they they somehow figure all of this out again very on the fly without google um very national treasure figure out where to go and they're like great we know where to go let's go 
Yeah, I did like in the section where Orin's like, maybe it's an anagram. <laughs> yeah, Orin, yeah, we gotta love it. He just. Yeah, and so they find out that the clue is leading them to this convent where uh, is the perfect place to hide hide the box because there are no men allowed in convents. Cut to men being in convents, but that's a whole other... There's a tour of people. But anyway, we're all just allowed to wander around. Meanwhile, Liam back in Louisiana is now finally getting to the voicemails from Jess that Jess had left. Um, Jess... uh, (laughs) when she thought that he was ghosting him two seconds after he left the room, had left a message saying, you know, I wasn't looking for a relationship, but everything's different now. So uh, there's just, you know, lots of staring and thinking and Liam's Liam's got a case of the feels as well. Yeah. Back at the convent, they decide to go on a tour. Uh, They're looking for the place where they pass notes. Okay. (laughs) Just saying that one more time. We learn. uh, Um, Sor Juana, who is like Sister Juana, she was uh, at age 17, given a choice to either marry a man or become a nun. And she chose to become a nun. I uh, can't say I haven't also been faced with the same choices. <laughs> We've all had those days. <laughs> she chose to become a nun. She had a library. She wrote a lot of things. She was considered like the first feminist writer. Um during the tour, they come to the like sanctuary where there's an organ, which is one of the things that had been um, restored from the burned belongings of Sorwana. And remember, this is where they passed notes, like music notes. And That's why is- I'm saying sometimes the show treats us like we're so stupid. And okay. other times it's like it thinks we're too smart. I don't. They definitely thought we were stupid because they decided to put in this next line. The Masons hid clues in plain sight, but maybe the daughters hid them in plain sound. Oh. Why? Why did we need that? Like, I couldn't. I couldn't just, with it. Someone wrote that and was so proud of it. <laughs> they really were. I'm so they sorry were like, to that we person. We need to include this. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where they're like, oh, I know what we could do. We could play the song that... Jess's mom would sing to her when to yeah, go to sleep. The song that we've been hearing all this time. Tasha apparently also knows how to play the piano. A woman of many talents. And so she sits down to play the organ. They send Orin to go keep a lookout. And... Why is Orin always the one who gets this position? Why is he Does always in charge know. of keeping people like at bay, keeping them away from what they're doing? Like he is always the like. I, do they really think he's so stupid that he can't contribute any other way besides being like you got to keep people away from here i would argue that being in the lookout requires a lot of on the spot thinking yeah because like, it seems like tasha and jess have the song down so yeah. why not send like ethan to help with you know with what Orin is up to i don't know yeah i don't know but he is keeping an eye on the nuns and which she's gonna need to because they start playing this organ and it is like so freaking loud everyone hears it yeah yeah the playing of the organ you know not the most quiet activity we could be doing but it does cause one of the pipes to turn around and display a secret door and they had found the third clue and the nun catches them again just not great at keeping any secrets at yeah. all tells her all of the things and the nun's like this is great the burden is now yours <laughs> like yeah. not mine anymore have Just at like, it Peace i don't out. need to know about this anymore see you later here you go it's like okay all right yep. they take everything back to the hotel which you have to say is pretty fancy there was like a whole fireplace in this hotel they were like room. oh we need the cheapest and, hotel possible yeah. end up at like a super posh hotel yeah yeah, yeah. Pretty fancy. i'm with you uh but they open up all the boxes create a map and of course it's not just a map jess it can't be that simple it's not just x marks the spot it's written in code because we need three more episodes that's why because we need three more episodes it's written in code and of course who knows the code jess's dad fake salazar (laughs) yeah uh back at the bar liam is signing his autographs because he's are you kidding me are you actually (laughs) kidding me who is like this guy's TikTok famous? Give me his autograph. Are you kidding? What are you talking about? I thought he was signing in pencil, but then I look back and it was a big like crystal pen. So I guess that's better. But it was just like so, so unbelievable. Okay. 
uh, Miles is there and they come to the you know realization that they're going to have to help each other, which means they're going to have to trust each other. But because men can't talk about things, apparently we have to drink to be able to trust each other. I don't Naturally. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back at the prison, Jess is ready to walk in to show her dad like the map. I'm assuming, I'm hoping she did like a remember those rubbings? Like, did you ever do that when you were a kid? Like, you'd put a piece of paper on like a yes. plaque or something, and then ru- I'm assuming, I'm hoping that's what she did. She's not actually walking into jail with, with these the map. Th- yeah, Probably mm-hmm. not. Yeah, yeah. So she goes back, but guess what, Jess? Billy's there. Billy is there. Can I tell you when uh, when we because we see uh, Raphael coming in first and we don't see who's across from him at first. I thought it was going to be cra- crazy gray hair guy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's like, what I thought it was going to be and it was going to be Salazar and he was going to be like what if the- Raphael? Yeah, yeah. What if crazy gray haired man is Salazar? Yeah, I think it I is. think you're on something. I now that it's not her dad, I'm like almost hundred percent sold that Salazar. Do you think there's going to be a fight? Um, well, there's definitely going to be a fight um, between the it's... old curly-haired men. Yes, <laughs> I think there has to be a face-off between Raphael and Salazar. Yeah, and I think that that guy is Salazar. So, um, yeah, we'll Which get to we... it because it turns out it's Billy. Yes. who is there? Yes. Um, and Jess sees Billy like in the lobby, so she runs back outside and she's like. Billy Yo. was in there. She must know that now that she knows that he's not Salazar, like this is a bad idea. It's all bad. So you know what my next plan is? <laughs> it's logical. It's very logical. and makes Prison so much break. Fun. Where are we? We are in National Treasure, Edge of History, and we're going into episode eight. <laughs> and there's going okay. to be a prison break. But I'm going to tell you. We already know how this is going to happen because they put that escape room at the beginning of the show. So there's going to be that's going to come back around code that she's going to have to find on the wall that will unlock a thing that will get her dad out of prison. get the screwdriver and then and you tie Ethan it to will, the blanket. Yeah, uh-huh. And Ethan will actually kiss her at this prison break. This that's is absolutely ridiculous. I I truly we're we're now sneaking people out of prison on this show, well, this, and you know they're gonna get away with it somehow. This is the point of no return. You might as well just go for it. I guess is what they're we're saying. We're all in. We're all yeah. in at this point. We're um, all we have three episodes. No, seven, eight, no, eight, nine, ten. We have three more to go. Yes. For a prison break to happen, for Jess's name to be cleared, for the treasure to be found, for a happy ending. Do we think it's gonna happen? Okay. So next week is total prison, prison break. break. Then I think it's treasure. Then I think it's name cleared and happy ever after. Back in the uh, yeah, where that's where the FBI is going to come. And back Agent in. Ross is going to be involved in mm-hmm. getting Jess's name cleared because mm-hmm. it's going to bad FBI guy is going to go down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to. That's it. Thanks for joining us. We don't. Have to we the whole thing. We've that's recapped it. all the episodes. <laughs> We know what's gonna happen. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty confident in what we said. Yeah, it is fun to uh, guess and then see if we're right. So mm-hmm. join us as we continue our adventure here on the National Treasure Edge of History recap podcast. As we continue to watch and recap this for three more episodes. Thanks for for joining us, Jess. Thanks for being here. This was so much fun. Listen, as silly as this show is, I have so much fun coming on and talking about it with you because. I know. It's just like some of it, you just, it's almost like you have to talk to another human being to make sure they're watching the same thing and also like understanding it the same way you are. Um, we did have a, fun, a couple good character beats here. So all is not lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it's very silly. I I do appreciate, and maybe I, I hope we'll get more leanings into Jess's experience and her identity as we close out the series. I think it'll be yes. good. All right, that's it for us today. If you want to hear from us other places, Jess, where can people find you? Uh, yes, so here on Pusher Recaps, I'm covering Community Season 5 with Josh Wiggler on Community Building. Um, I have started playing The Last of Us <gasps> with Zed on our Last of Us first-time playthrough. Um, I'm really enjoying it. That show is so good. One episode in it, I am like immediately hooked. So it's go check good. out that um and then on shit 90 shows taught me you can hear me talking dawson's creek and we recently put out a bonus podcast for thelma and louise which such a joyful film honestly i'd never seen it and i'm kind of mad at myself that i had never seen it before because i just feel like it is it is so absolutely excellent if you have not seen that movie honestly highly recommend it's really does it hold up 
It definitely does. Like, I actually think I'm happy that, I mean, I would have loved to watch it back way back when, but I also think it's even more important now to like watch it. So it definitely, definitely holds up. Um, go watch that movie. It's really good. What about you, Marissa? What are you up to? As for myself, I am talking I should say, about... what are you up to? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> talking about you. The show with uh, Latanya Starks here on Post Show Recaps. We are recapping all of the seasons before season four begins in February. So, you know, uh, here we got treasure maps. On that one, I got stalkers. I'm I'm always on the hunt for something. <laughs> There's always <laughs> something going on. Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun talking about that show with Latanya. So you can catch us uh, about once a week for three months talking about that show so it should be pretty good and then outside of that anything else I have going on you can find me on twitter at marsbars m-a-r-z-b-a-r-s and until we break the jail Barth the sounds out <laughs>